Next on BYU Sports Nation, the inaugural West Coast Conference second best player of the year. And that's just one of the BYU SNWCC season awards. Plus our coach of the year over Cheever of the year and more, Blaine Fowler weighs in. And a guy who's waking up at 4.30 a.m. to talk with us from down under. BYU's new Australian Thunderfoot, Danny Jones, joins us live. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up? We are live. This is BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, February 27th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who can sing the Hallelujah Chorus in 17 different languages, Jerem Jordan. That is definitely not true, but thank you for that flattering fake factoid. I think you can, because the Hallelujah Chorus is typically consists of every... Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you're Mr. Bean in the Christmas special. See, only you, the you remember, movie do you remember that? connoisseur, would think of that and bring that TV up. show, in this case, but yeah, mis- yeah. He sings, I think, All Creatures of Our God and King, and he just keeps ending early. Do you remember? <laughs> Have you seen it? Do you I, remember? I don't remember that. It's funny. It's funny. It's <laughs> you, funny. You need to find it on YouTube, and we need to watch it during a commercial break. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. That's Let's going to happen. Let's do it right now. What, what else no, are we no, doing? No, because no? right now oh. we need to rise oh, and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The 2018 BYU Sports Nation West Coast Conference Awards. Yay! The envelope, please, Warren Beatty. Jerem, the rational WCC basketball observer, would conclude... Do those exist? Question. ...that one Jock Landale is going to be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. It'll be made official in the next hour or so. Yeah. So the real question is... Who gets your WCC second best player of the year award? Yeah, I thought about this for a long time, about 12 seconds. And the winner is Elijah Bryant. He's the second best player in the league. Second in scoring. Remember, these awards are for conference play only. Okay, so the stats I'm going to give you are conference play only. Second in scoring, fifth in boards, second in threes made. He was clutch against USF and Pepperdine. He emerged as BYU's second best player. I would say that Yoli Childs was BYU's best player uh, in the early part of conference play. I would say that Elijah Bright emerged in the latter three quarters of the season for BYU as the Cougars' best player, and therefore he became the league's second best player. Normally Gonzaga would have someone in the mix in this. They have too much balance to have one guy emerge in this. I wouldn't say that Josh Perkins or Jonathan Williams or Silas Melson or Zach Norvell Jr. or, or Killian Tilly. Uh, of the above. None of those guys were better than Elijah Bryant, in my opinion. Although, they won the head-to-heads with Elijah, individually and as a team. I would say that Elijah Bryant was the second best player in the West Coast Conference. Elijah Bryant is the best backcourt player in the league, hands down. But he's not the second best overall player in the league. That is Yoli Childs. I think he's a better defender. And I value defense, especially this year when BYU hung their hat on it so early in the season. They were 11-2 and two because of defense, right? It was new. It was exciting. This was in December. Yoli Childs, with his rebounding ability, his shot-blocking ability, and at, for the most part of the season, he was top 10 in the West Coast Conference in steals. 
Okay, he's long, rangy, defender. He's my second best player of the year. At Smith in Exile had this to say. This is sad. Obviously, no BYU player's number one, so we go and try and get a number two. Come on, BYUSN. You're better than that. Nope. No, we're not. We just talked about it. Spencer, Coach of the Year is an interesting award. The best coach doesn't always win. It's the coach who did something to surprise you. With that in mind, who is your West Coast Conference Mark Few Memorial Coach of the Year Award recipient? (laughs) My Mark Few Memorial Coach of the Year Award recipient is Damon Stoudemire. Why? At Pacific, because of what he did to at least bring some form of competitiveness to the middle, upper tier of the league, okay? He did a good job. He beat BYU by one point, right? He took St. Mary's to the wire. Yes, they finished middle of the pack, but Pacific was not picked to finish middle of the pack. They were picked to finish near the bottom of the league. He has eight scholarship players, Jerem. He's dealing with sanctions. He's handcuffed in a lot of different ways, yet he still found a way. I wouldn't use handcuffed in regards to any coaches. To be competitive. Truth. Maybe that was a poor choice of words. (laughs) But Damon Stoudemire beat the odds. And nobody wants to play Pacific in Las Vegas. I don't. I wouldn't want to play Pacific in Las Vegas. They're a wild card. They're tough to defend off the dribble. They're not overly big inside, but they're tough to defend. And I think he's gotten the most out of his players with only eight scholarships and pending sanctions and all that. So I think he's done a fantastic job. A great stake is great, always, even if you have it every day or week or year. Mark Few should be the coach of the year. This team lost some big pieces a year ago. Went to the Final Four, went to the National Championship game. They were not the preseason pick to win the league. In fact, the other nine coaches besides Mark Few or Randy Bennett all voted for St. Mary's. And Gonzaga won the league. Won it by a game. Their only loss was by three points to St. Mary's at home. Pacific finished 9-9, nine and nine, tied for fourth, 14-17 and 17 overall. I know they did surprise you, but the, be- the best coach... Is Mark Few. He should win Coach of the Year. The best coach doesn't always win Coach of the Year. But I'm saying Mark Few should win it. He should he win the should Mark win Few Memorial it. Coach of the Year it's Award. It's his award. <laughs> Outright league title. No one thought they could do it. Jerem, the following is not an official WCC season award, but it is on this show. Which player, coach, or team gets your WCC Overachiever of the Year Award? Why should I reward a team that didn't finish over 500? That's my first question. You with probably this. shouldn't. Because there were only three teams, and BYU had its most conference losses under Dave Rose. So it ain't, it ain't Dave. It ain't Randy Bennett. It's Gonzaga. They were 17-1. and one, one loss by three in league. Nine votes against them. We were there at West Coast Conference Media Days in Las Vegas. We talked to Mark Few. We talked to Randy Bennett. We couldn't believe that St. Mary's had nine of the ten votes for first, and that's the max you can get because you can't vote for yourself. So Randy Bennett voted for Gonzaga. As a player, I like Roberto Gallinat from Pacific, who is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. And as you mentioned, Despite losing one, twice, he dropped 41 in a game, which is the most points scored by any player in any conference game this season. And I like Pacific as a team, but you're right, 14 and 17. They're under 500 and 9 and 9 in conference play. Sweet, you weren't as bad. That's what we would be saying. The clear answer here is Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. They were picked to finish second, and it was basically a unanimous vote by all the coaches. You can't vote for your own team. So Randy Bennett, 
voted for Gonzaga. The other nine coaches in the league picked St. Mary's. Which, before the season, looked like it. But guess what? Gonzaga's the king until they aren't. Right? Like I said it earlier in the year, I'm not going to pick against them until they lose a year. And even then, you know they're going to bounce back after that. Ranked in the top ten and the conference champions yet again. They overachieved. This feels like Gonzaga Sports Nation right now. Is that a bad thing? Australians, Spencer, play a prominent role in the West Coast Conference. I don't know if you knew this. Did you know that? Did you know that? Um, I did not know that. Okay, now you know. They're mostly in Moraga, but who is your West Coast Conference Aussie Player of the Year? Uh, that's an easy answer for me, Jerem. Emmett Nor. Jock, Damn it, no, what? Jock Landale is who he is because he has the most consistent distributor in college basketball. Emmett Nahr is to Jock Landale as John Stockton was to Carl Malone. But Carl Malone was the MVP of the league. Michael Jordan didn't like it. I know. So and it costs the Jazz a title. Jock Landale <laughs> will be the MVP of the West Coast Conference, if you will. That doesn't mean he's the best Aussie. Okay. Jock Landale's the best, Ozzy. He led the league in scoring, rebounding, and field goal percentage. He's the best American, Ozzy, any other country. He's just the best. And he hit a three against BYU as only one of the year. Emmett Nahr had a Willis Reed moment against BYU. Good for <laughs> Emmett Elders Quorum President Nahr. Texting the- you for this home. It's the 27th. You better get it done by the end of tomorrow. Jock Landale can't win both. Come on. Isn't Why not? There a, isn't great there a is rule? great. Isn't great there is a great. rule on this show this that you can't Lords. win more than one? No. If you can win all the gold, Michael Phelps, you win all the gold. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Before we uh, move on to our next question, how about some breaking news? BYU Sports Nation breaking news. The West Coast Conference Women's Basketball Awards officially out from the league. No, BYU's not in the Big 12. Sorry. The Player of the Year, Jill Barta. Not a surprise not of Gonzaga. Not shocked. She is outstanding. Coach of the Year, also from Gonzaga, Lisa Fortier. Not a shock. They dominated league play. One conference, I believe, by four full games. Four games. That's incredible. The defensive player of the year, Jerem Jordan, is none other than BYU's Sarah Hampson. Oh, second in the country in block. As a true freshman. For a game. She's good, man. And as part of the all-conference team, BYU places two on the first team, Brenna Chase and Cassie Broadhead. Thank you, Cassie DeVagere. So there you have it. Just announced from the West Coast Conference uh, to repeat, Jill Barta, Player of the Year, Lisa Fortier, Coach of the Year, both from Gonzaga, Sarah Hampson, Defensive Player of the Year as a freshman at BYU, and Brenna Chase and Cassie DeVagere, part of the All-WCC Women's Basketball First Team. Chase, the only uh, underclassman on the 10-player first team, by the way. Nice. Good for Brenna Chase. He's also on Big Blue, the truck. So, who kind of emerged yeah. in that second half of conference play. Yeah. Really, really important for BYU, and she plays a critical role as the Cougars face San Diego. Now, I would like to bring up this question. In light of what was just released, the postseason awards on the women's side, Jill Barta, Player of the Year. The reigning Player of the Year until today was Cassie DeVagere of BYU. Two-time scoring champ in the league. How much should what your team does, Gonzaga first, 
by a mile, BYU in third. How much should what your team does factor into who wins player of the year? It should matter. If you're a good player, your team should generally be good. I mean, it's it's not fair if you have like a 30-point-a-game score and you're last in the league. You know, that doesn't happen very often. Cassie DeVachere has been tremendous. Uh, led the league in scoring, point and, a half, point and a half more than Barta, so it wasn't that much. Fifth in the league in assists. Jill Barta, second scoring, tied for sixth in rebounding. But generally speaking... Like, LeBron James almost won the final M- finals MVP. You remember that when he averaged a triple-double in the finals, but the Cavs lost? I, I still think that in, in this situation where there's 10 teams, you need, your team needs to be decent. Kyle Collinsworth won West Coast Conference Player of the Year when BYU finished third, but they weren't third by five games like they were this year. It was more competitive, four or five losses, if I recall. I think your team needs to be good. Yeah, the player they don't of the have to year, be the best team, but they need to be a good the team. The player of the year is not always the player that scores the most points or the player is the most valuable to their individual team. I hate right? MVP. The value is so subjective. It really is. Yeah. It just should just be who's the best player. I do feel like as Cassie DeVagere goes, so goes BYU women's basketball. If she has a bad game, I don't think BYU is going to win. Okay, She's a huge, huge player there. Jill Barta had the best season. She's the player. She's the best player. Yes. Yeah. All right. Our question of the day. Going back to the men's side of our West Coast Conference annual awards. Who is your BYUSN WCC second best player of the year? There is a poll question involved as well. At Ames Flames, clearly Jock Landale is number one. It would be foolish not to acknowledge that. We'll take number two this year and say our prayers that Elijah Bryant and Yoli Childs are in contention for number one next year. Elijah Bryant's my number two this year. Clutch, hashtag EB3 MVP. Hashtag Yolijah. There you go. Yeah, let's see next year if BYU could produce the best player in the league. If you've got the best player in the league, that's always a good thing. Like BYU had uh, Kyle Collinsworth and Jimmer Fredette and Lee Kamard and Trent Playstead. BYU had NCAA tournament type teams when you have the best player of the year. And, and that's a good thing. Kyle Collins with senior. He won it. BYU did not make it to the NCAA tournament. But BYU was at least sniffing the tournament. Hashtag, I don't think that's a coincidence. Hashtag BYUSN. We'll read more of your tweets later in the show. Coming up, does Olympic silver medalist and gymnastics coach Guard Young still have it? We'll see in between the lines. You seen his guns? Yeah. And next, dual threat analyst and Delta Diamond Medallion Sky Miles member Blaine Fowler joins us. Why does Uncle B think BYU will be playing a game one week from today? There's some miles, bro. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season finale of BYU Basketball with Dave Rose airs tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio with player guest Luke Worthington. Send in your questions using hashtag Rose Show. Reserve your free seats on BYUCougars.com slash Rose Show. The pride of Mequon, Wisconsin, Luke Worthington. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation going right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN, whenever and wherever you decide to tweet in. Our question of the day. Who is your BYU Sports Nation West Coast Conference second best player of the year? This is pathetic, Spencer. Jerem's alternate this account. Is, no, this is my, yeah, my burner account. At Spencer underscore BYU. I tweeted this earlier today, I think. Jonathan Williams. As much as I hate to say that, mm. the Gonzaga player of the week has to be number two. 
Elijah Bryant and Yoli Childs coming in third and fourth, respectively. I just there was too much balance from Gonzaga, which is a great thing, right? Um, they had six players in double figures against BYU. Those are the only guys that scored. That's crazy. Which is I've never seen that, and all were in double figures. They're re- they're really good, but they're collectively good. They don't have the one guy where you're like. It's going to be tough to stop that guy. Nigel Williams-Goss, no Collins. No, like, they lost some dudes, but it didn't hurt them. They're ranked sixth, and they won the league outright. What? Yeah, I see your burner Twitter account throwing a curveball there yeah, with my, Jonathan my Williams. Dude, Spencer underscore BYU. Are we sure this isn't your, alter, your alternate account? Do I have an alter ego on Twitter? <gasps> no. no. Nope. No. Nope, I don't. <laughs> you reply all. <laughs> Yes. You don't need an alternative. <laughs> Joining us now, Uncle B in Studio B for his weekly throwdown with the BYU Sports Nation team. Nope, not What's physically, up, just mentally. Hey, boys. You got the gray memo. Good. Yeah, that's, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome, my friend. But I wanted to keep some blue so I have a tiny bit. Okay. Just a uh, tiny bit. Is that blue? It's black. No, it isn't. Is yeah. it black? Yeah. Lane... I think it's uh, navy. It's really dark blue. You're right. Okay. But you're colorblind, so I don't care. No, I know. I asked Brenda. I said, I said to Brenda, can you give me a little bit of blue? She gave me a tiny blue penguin. <laughs> Just to keep it real. Just a tiny blue penguin. Repping in Studio B. Blaine, right now, three, four days now for BYU basketball before they face San Diego in the opening round of the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships, presented by Gorilla Glue. Gonzaga Invitational. Sorry. What's your confidence level going into... The aforementioned tournament. It's not as high as it was three weeks ago because of kind of how they floundered down down the stretch a little bit. But I do think the rest will be good for them mentally and physically. And I do think that with all that's going on at USD right now, that, that the matchup in the first round is a good one for them. But with that tie for fourth, I think this is the best possible matchup for them, honestly. And, and so I think they can gain some confidence in that game and, and, and be okay. So I'm not where I was. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like if they can come out and play extremely well in, in the opener for them, that, that they can gain some confidence and there's a chance they could get to that championship game. Here's a fact that stinks. Uh, San Diego, the last five years, hasn't won a game in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Do you know who their last win is against? BYU. The Brigham in 2013 in the quarterfinals. Now it's different, though. Like you said, the Lamont Smith news affects the game. How does it affect the game in your it, opinion? It can't be anything but negative. And there, there's some things that happen. A player gets gets hurt or something happens and you go, hey, they're going to rally around it. This isn't something you rally around. And so I think they go in to practice this week. I think it's a huge distraction for them, which is a shame. It's a terrible shame. I mean, we, you know, we were just down there last week. This is a program that I think we're, we're, was making steps and players were bought in and then something like this happens and it's a big step backward I'm afraid and I I don't like it I don't I don't like that BYU gets them I'd like to see BYU play them without any distractions because I think they beat them straight up um especially because I think they're going to be motivated and they're going to have their attention because of what happened when they were down there and second game of a road swing Spencer you and I were down there and it was interesting because we were talking to the Pepperdine staff and we were going what's going on what like why does BYU struggle down here and and it was interesting because they said well think about this you come in here into our home, and BYU's fans outnumber the home fans three or four to one. I have a name for this. It's and, Mormon settlement theory. And, and so, so what happens is these guys go, are you kidding me? Like, we're an away team on our home court. So they play with a chip on their shoulders. Now, you can say that Gonzaga has 
a, a target on their back, or St. Mary's has a target on their back when they come in there. But St. Mary's doesn't bring three or four to one fans into their home building. True. And so BYU gets an effort that is a no, no, you are not coming into my house with all of your fans. And so, so they play out of their minds against BYU. That, that's a fact. And then BYU, in the second game of that road trip, they made bad decisions down the stretch. And they, you know, I think mentally they, didn't, they took a step backward in that game. Call it mental fatigue, whatever you want, but they didn't, they didn't play well. I think they fixed that going in. So I felt like this matchup was a good one. The revenge factor, the fact that it was on a neutral floor, and they would have their attention, and BYU would, would probably, with a week of practice, make better decisions and revert back to some of the good things they were doing. So I hate to see this distraction of Lamont Smith and all that because you want to play teams at their best and beat them at their best. I think BYU was going to win this one either way, but, but now I think it tilts it even more in BYU's favor. Notwithstanding the Lamont Smith situation and them having to bring in an assistant coach to now take over for the rest of the postseason, what adjustments would you make if you were on the BYU basketball coaching staff given what you saw with me in San Diego when they lost, speaking of BYU, by 13? Well, there's two things. There's one on the defensive side. They had trouble, again, keeping San Diego's, University of San Diego's guards in front of them. And, and then when you have that problem uh, and they turn the corner, you got to do a better job with your communication and your rotations defensively. So the help has to get there faster. Then you got to recover to the shooters. I thought BYU was a step late on everything in that game, especially in the second half. And so I think it's a great opportunity to look at film and go, guys, what are we doing? There have been games this year where we've been really solid in this area. So this isn't a physically can't do. This is a mentally... Take a look at this, guys. We can be better defensively is what Dave, Dave Rose has to be saying to him, and, and they can be. And so stay in front of the – just sometimes a half a second longer in front of the ball, the dribbler makes a difference because then that half a second allows the secondary help to get there and be in a position to take charges, to stop the drive, and they just didn't do that. So that's the first thing is important is better and crisper rotations. The second thing is if it ends up being a tight ball game, they made really bad decisions. So the wrong guys shooting the wrong shot at the wrong time down the stretch. And in games that BYU's lost, that's been a problem. So they need to revert back to where they go – I'm going to make an extra pass because I'm going to pass up an okay shot for a better shot, for a good shot or a great shot. That's the mentality they have to have in this whole tournament is share the basketball, one more pass makes the difference. And we'll see their shooting percentage come up if they do that. And we've seen them at times this year where they've looked really efficient offensively. And then times when they reverted and you go, wait a minute, why are they shooting that shot with 19 seconds left yeah. on the shot clock when they don't have to shoot that shot. Um, and so I think those are the two things that they've got to really take a look at this week and buckle down on in the tournament. And if they do, they can play with anybody. With that said, should BYU beat San Diego, they could match up with St. Mary's in the mm-hmm. semis. If you get through that, Gonzaga, potentially. It, well, it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> be, in the past couple of years, we've at least had a game or two or three where we've said, okay, if BYU plays like that, they got a shot, mm-hmm. right? Have we seen a game like that this year where we go, hey, BYU could St- beat St. Mary's and St. Mary's could beat Gonzaga? St. Mary's the first time, the overtime game, where, they, where St. Mary's veteran leadership won the game in overtime, right? So BYU played toe-to-toe. Had a perfect game plan for BYU them. BYU led 38 minutes yeah, of regulation. That, so that's the game, a game they lost, I'm pointing to, right? And that Be- was two months ago. Because they, they played so well. But then they got into overtime, and St. Mary's looked like a veteran team, where St. Mary's said, 
Yep, we know exactly who's supposed to get a shot right now and where it's supposed to come from. And we're going to execute, and we're going to take great shots, and we're going to shoot a ridiculous percentage in overtime. And BYU got into overtime, and the pressure of new faces, new offense, all of that, the right guys didn't take shots. So back to what we just talked about against whoever they're playing in this tournament. They should be so much further along right now that if they can play the way they played against St. Mary's and get the game close, hopefully this week off has them evaluate Who's supposed to get this shot and where on the floor when we're in a tight ball game? So to me, I point to that game. If they can play like that, they can get to the championship game. Now, a month ago, if you would have said, who would you rather play in the semis? I would have said Gonzaga. No way now. Now I would much rather play St. Mary's. Than- I want to play neither. Can yeah, some that other can't teams upset some fools here? Well, Pacific, in my mind, on the other side of the bracket, has the best shot. Um because of the way their guards play. If their guards are hot and knocking, you guys talked earlier about Gallinet, their guards are good, guys. I, I mean, really, really good. And I remember, I get to see guards in the Atlantic 10. I get to see guards in the, in the Mountain West. When their guards are on, they're as good as anybody in those leagues. And so they got to be making shots, and they play on attack and so aggressive. If they get the right officiating crew that lets them lower their shoulder and go, that's the one team, I think, in this tournament that can cause some problems. Now, I think San Francisco is also a dangerous team when they're knocking down shots. Remember, they beat Nevada early when they knocked down 15 threes. The problem is those two play each other, right? Don't they? Yeah, yeah they do. So, San so they Francisco play, they, Pacific. Yeah, so, so the two thing, teams that I think are the greatest upset possibilities are on the same side of the bracket. Which, they, they need to be on BYU's side yeah, to play St. Mary's. Right, and yeah. so, so I think the Pacific has the best shot. Now, having said that, San Francisco can get really, really hot and beat them in that, in that first round game. Hey, when Ferrari starts cruising, Frank, when Frankie gets out, when he starts, yo, when Frankie Ferrari gets going, when Frankie Ferrari puts the pedal to the metal, forget about it, <laughs> right? And 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 so those are two teams that I think are are teams that can get hot and beat people in any given game. But now they play each other in the first round. That's a shame, right? Yeah. Do you see anything but Gonzaga St. Mary's in the final round? Mm, no, I don't either. I, know? Of all the so, years, of all the years, BYU goes over against those two. Right. Uh, th- there is some parity, but the parity's four through six, four right. through seven, right? And so, so BYU, can they beat St. Mary's yes. in the semis? They have a chance. They showed that they have a chance. But that's a, a long shot because they have to play well. Because what St. Mary's doesn't do, they don't do stupid things. They, they may have a night when they don't shoot it well, and then they lock down on D. St. Mary's right? obeys the honor code they, on the court, uh, if you will. Unbelievable. They yeah. don't take bad <laughs> shots. So they're unbelievably well coached, and they execute at a really, really high level. So BYU, to beat them, has to shoot it extremely well, and they've got to match their execution. Uh, I actually like the matchup against them better than I do against Gonzaga right now because Gonzaga, that one's fresh, that's a yeah. starless team. Well, let me take that back. That's a, a team with five stars. Yeah. And they don't care who gets the glory. And – Nobody's the considering anybody there the for player of the year. They just want to win, but, man. Will, Williams, 13.5. Perkins, 13.0. Tilly, 12.4. Uh, Norville, 11.8. And Hachimura at 11.4. Come on. This could have been BYU with Eric Mika and Nick Emery. They, they don't have anybody in the top eight in scoring. they got guys that are all from 9 to 22. Oh. Be- so what do you do? You know, and they're playing with so much confidence, and they don't care who gets the glory. And Mark Few, this may be his best coaching job I've seen in 10 years. He's, it's a phenomenal job by Mark Few this year. He should be the coach of the year. Yeah, I agree. He should be the coach of the year. I, I think he will be the coach of the year. Yeah, he's, and you know what? You, yeah, I know you guys talked a lot about them. you got to put him right up there with coaches all around the country. I know Mike Krzyzewski with all of yeah. his, but, but who's done a better job than Mark Few over the last 10 years? 
Number number one in active winning percentage among all coaches. He's at Gonzaga, so like the final four is maybe a stretch. They finally got they one. They go to the championship the, the game. The big hit on him was they can't get to the final four. Check. They did yeah. it. Well, and then and then they lose. So now what? Now they lose Collins in the first round. They lose Goss, and they and everybody goes rebuild your St. Mary's has everybody coming back. And what do they do? They're ranked number six in the country. <laughs> they went outright. <laughs> So, so, so let's let's reco- I bought in. Yeah. I bought in. Let's hard recognize what, a, what, a, what, an un- what an unbelievable job that he has done over yeah. time, and this year a phenomenal job. So we we're in this conference, and we how good is Dave Rose? Like really he good. never doesn't win twenty games. Really good. And people, the bar is set so high that people take that for granted. Absolutely, you, you got to put Dave Rose up there with what he's done over time. He's done a phenomenal job. And then what Mark Few is that we're so close to it, we forget Mark Few is an elite coach, top five in the country. Yes. Period. Amen. Blaine, you brought the heat today, man. All right, boys, we're heading to Vegas. Party in Vegas. Thursday. Let's get it ready to roll. Yeah. Just bring the navy blue penguin with you. Okay. I'll bring him because <laughs> I got to have some blue in all of my all of my clothing. Uncle B, bringing the heat, coming up. He comes from a land down under. Yes, he does. He's waking up at 4.30 in the morning. 4.31 in the morning now in Australia. The new punter, Danny Jones, joins us from Australia. And next, Guard Young, head coach of nationally ranked BYU Gymnastics, joins Lauren McLean in between the lines. Is he still in Olympic form? Better yet, is Lauren in Olympic form? Dance, 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 I dance. Even, I don't even know what step that is. <laughs> Join us starting Thursday from Las Vegas for full coverage of the 2018 Gorilla Glue West Coast Conference Basketball Championships as we bring you BYU Sports Nation and live games and shows throughout the tournament through Tuesday. It starts Thursday from Vegas right here on BYU TV. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. That Radio Vision, if you're watching on TV, apparently is causing some folks dizziness. <laughs> we just got this tweet in sure? because of my shirt from at McMinn five. Uh, when Spencer Linton wears a test pattern shirt on BYU sports nation, hashtag double vision, double vision. Ooh, I'm going to put my jacket back on. Put on now. some 3d glasses. I hear it helps. <laughs> <laughs> Let's check out today's BYU sports nation headlines. It's your BYU sports nation headlines. Yep. Jacket's going on BYU basketball with Dave Rose. There we go. Season finale tonight at, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain with player guests and Captain Luke Worthington. Join Greg Rebell and the coach for the West Coast Conference Championships preview following our rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation at special time of 7 Eastern because it's Super Tuesday on BYU TV. The University of San Diego has placed head coach Lamont Smith on administrative leave. Assistant coach Sam Scholl will take over as acting head coach and remain in that role for the postseason, Smith was arrested Sunday and faces charges of domestic violence, assault with force, likely to commit great bodily injury, and false imprisonment. BYU men's volleyball jumps one spot to number five in the new AVCA Top 15 poll. The Cougars remain the lone undefeated team in Federation play. And three BYU gymnasts get uh, weekly MRGC Specialist of the Week awards. Angel Zong on the vault, Shannon Hortman-Evans on the bars, and Kylie Greenleaf on the floor. The Cougars, by the way, dropped from 18 to 24 in the rankings. Who's, not, who's voting in that poll, Jerem? Uh, the averages of uh, the yes. team. Yeah. That's okay. Well, that's the reaction. It's so, like, hey, how did they drop so six spots? The, the tide raised, and they went to 24th. Does that make sense? Just be ranked. Yeah. Be right. ranked and They're relevant ranked. and continue to win. They're rolling. Between the lines now... Takes us to the gymnastics program who have some incredible athletes here at BYU. 
And with that said, we have some outstanding coaches as well. Former pros, world record holders. coach. And even an Olympian. Brought to you by Tim Daly, Nissan Southtown. This is Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. We're debuting our new segment today, Blast from the Past. And since the women's gymnastics team is ranked, I wanted to relive the glory days with head coach Gard Young and see if he could still hold his own. And believe me, the former Olympian did not disappoint. So let's start with, what do you do when you're not coaching gymnastics? I'm always coaching gymnastics. <laughs> it doesn't gymnastics stop. It doesn't stop. Hobby. I go home, I'm still, still, still coaching. So what got you into gymnastics? Well, my dad. I mean, my dad was a gymnast. You know, he was here in the 70s, NCAA national champion. Later went on to make the 1976 Olympics and then came back in 1979 to coach the men's team. So I grew up in this gym. Is that what made you want to coach gymnastics here at BYU? BYU uh, always has a great uh, spot in my heart. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good fit. I think BYU needed me, and I needed BYU. So you've had an incredible gymnastics career yourself, including going to the 2004 Olympics in Athens, Greece. But what would you say is the biggest moment that sticks out to you in your mind from your career? The Olympics was unbelievable. It was life-changing. But I remember you know, having to go through all the qualification process, the Olympic trials. I remember going and competing there, trying to make my spot, and just sticking a pair of our dismount, just cold, and then looking up and then seeing my dad in the stands. Aww. And so for me, that was like the one thing I really remember. That was the moment. Yeah. So one of your biggest specialties was the vault. But you were telling me it didn't look like this when so you did I, the vault, right? I went through a, a major equipment transformation. This is probably the biggest transformation all of gymnastics in the last 50 years. And it was, it was a challenge to getting used to a new piece of equipment. Well, Guard, what I really want to know is do you still... Like, do you still have? No, Can you still do I, some I am in a fight with gravity, and gravity's winning. So, <laughs> okay, let's let's see what you got on the bars. This is a little different because it's not like the men's high bar. I got all this pressure. I would just even come in here, even climbing up. I would just huh? come in here and play, and no one would <laughs> watch me. You can do it a million times if you want. We'll still think it's incredible. Shoulders. It just hurts so bad. All right. All right, you got to follow my lead here. Here we go. See, oh, yeah, the tumble trap now. Oh, my knee. Oh. All right, slipped. I ain't following that lead. You can do a front flip into the pit. And go. There you go. Look at that. Oh, oh. That's amazing. I kicked out. That is so good. Here he goes. Um. <laughs> no, I don't got it. What'd you do wrong? I like to land on my feet. Ah, so guard. After kind of uh, reliving some things, do you feel like you still do? You, do you still have it? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, you can take that one good turn, but yeah. then, like, how do you feel the next day? <laughs> I like that. Gymnastics hurts. It's the hardest sport. No one quits their sport and starts gymnastics. You see, a lot of gymnasts <laughs> quit gymnastics and then they and go play other else. sports. It doesn't work the other way. It only works one way. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> As you can tell, I am in awe of Guard Young. He still has it in my book. However, he was sore the next day. He told me at the gymnastics meet. Thanks to Guard Young, and make sure you check out the women's gymnastics team. They take on Utah State this weekend. Next week on Between the Lines, we do Say What with the baseball team. Follow us on Twitter at BOU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BOUBTL. I can't wait to tweet that out. That quote of the year. <laughs> quote of the year. With the quote of the year. Nobody quits their sport and starts gymnastics. Is it not so true, though? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I did it's not understand sport. or respect gymnastics until I started calling it. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Like a decade they're really ago, good. they're incredible. Nicely done. That was Lauren, fun. that was fun. Thank you so much. Coming up, Danny Jones from Australia. It's 4.30 in the morning or 4.40. Let's go. But he wants to start his day early with us. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season finale of BYU Basketball, Dave Rose airs tonight, 8 Eastern time with Greg Rubel on BYU TV and BYU Radio with player guest Luke Worthington. Send in your questions, hashtag Rose Show, and reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern, unless it's Super Tuesday, which is today, and it starts at 7 Eastern. Question of the day, who's your BYU Sports Nation W? WCC second best player of the year, hashtag BYUSN, to send in your responses. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, live from Australia at 4.43 in the morning local time down under, <laughs> is Danny Jones, the new punter and thunderfoot. Danny, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for waking up so early. That is an elite effort, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, no, no worries. It's awesome to be on the show, so thanks for having me. Now, did you stay up all night, or did you actually wake up? <laughs> no, I actually set my alarm at 4 o'clock, and um, I, I got up and looked at my phone. I checked Twitter or something, and I woke back up at about 4.30, so I was quite lucky that I woke up. So. <laughs> well, we're glad you woke up, too, because it would be yeah. weird if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we would like you to describe yeah. Aussie rules football to us Americans who only know the game by the officials. So can, can you tell us what Aussie football is and how it relates to what you're going to do for BYU? Um, it's actually an extremely hard uh, game to sort of interpret. Um, even if you watch it for the first three or four times, it's sort of like, what is this? Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a cross between rugby and soccer. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's on an oval. Um, we, the ball is similar to an American football and it's a, a lot bigger and bulky and the main form to, to pass the ball is through kicking or ha- what we call handballing. So, I've uh, grown up kicking uh, what you guys would call the rugby-style punt since I was probably four or five years old. So that's kind of like second nature to me, and uh, I guess essentially that's sort of what's gotten me to BYU. So you played professionally Aussie Rules football, and then when did you decide, hey, I want to pursue college football in America? Uh, so I was actually at a game uh, in 2015, completely separate from Pro Kick Australia or anything like that. Um, I didn't really know a whole lot about American football, and... I saw, I saw the punter come on for Iowa against uh, Illinois State, and I thought, well, maybe I could do that. Aussie Rules background, there's half a chance I could learn how to punt. So, yeah, and then before you know it, you've sort of 
you're in the program and you've got a scholarship. So essentially that's sort of how it's worked out. How in the world were you watching a game between Iowa and Illinois State in Australia? Uh, I was over there visiting. I was traveling around in Australia. Uh, sorry, in the United States. And, yeah, I went to a game. So essentially that's, that's how it all happened there. In, you went to the game in Iowa? Yeah, it was in Iowa City. Of all the places to visit, you went to Iowa? Yeah, well, we had a friend who went to the University of Iowa, so she got <laughs> and gave us a Okay, that makes sense. On, so. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, so explain to us how you train to be a punter, because if I understand, there's, there's kind of this organization that uh, you know, coaches can come to and recruit guys. So kind of explain that process. Yeah, so when, when, so any, any players who have an interest in becoming a punter or um, pursuing American football or anything like that, we sign up to a program called Pro Kick Australia, which is run by a guy called Nathan Chapman, who actually signed a three-year deal with the Green Bay Packers as a punter. Um, so essentially we sign up to that, and uh, given, given the recent success, if you look at Michael, uh, sorry, Michael Dixon at the University of Texas and Mitchell Wisniewski, who I'm sure you guys would know, at the University of Utah, um, Given that, a lot, a lot of coaches sort of come and recruit from, from Pro Kick Australia. So, yeah, essentially that's, that's how it all works. And um, BYU was the school that came sort of after me, and I thought it was a good fit. So that was sort of how that worked out. Danny Jones with us live from Australia, the new punter for BYU. Why did you feel like BYU was the good fit and the right program for you? I suppose the professionalism was one thing that stuck out to me. Um, I mean, obviously you go to different colleges, and it's it's a pretty similar story. But BYU is obviously a unique, a, sorry, a unique unique place um, with a unique culture. So I don't know. I suppose, um, especially after my visit, I just thought everyone was really nice, and obviously the coaches employ a sort of a holistic perspective towards their players, and that's probably something you don't necessarily get in college football. So yeah, I suppose that was one thing and a couple of things that made it pretty easy to choose. I believe Ed Lamb was the guy that went to Australia to see you in person. What was your interaction like with Ed when you first met him and he first kind of introduced you to BYU? Yeah, Ed's a great guy. Uh, a lot of time for Ed. Um, I don't know, he's, yeah, he just came over and checked out a few of our sessions and introduced himself to the group. And um, after that, he sort of got me on the visit and I saw that the other coaches employ a similar perspective uh, sort of all about developing players as, as men academically and everything like that. So, yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, but when you made your visit officially to BYU, you paid a visit to our studio at BYU Broadcasting. Now, was that? tell me that wasn't the real selling point for you. Well, I might add, you guys weren't even there. Uh, <laughs> we, came over, we came over to BYU TV and, yeah, the, the two main guys that, Everybody's heard about uh, back in Australia at BYU. They weren't even there, so shout out to you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, um, nah, yeah. the previous punter, Danny, was a Kiwi. So do you feel like you have to top his accomplishments as a native Australian? Well, I feel like we've topped the Kiwis nearly everything, so I suppose it's, I suppose it's kind of the norm. <laughs> By the way, Johnny Linhan tweeted into the show about 10 minutes ago. I'll be listening closely. If you say Australia is better than New Zealand, I'll disown you forever. And that's to us. To Spencer and I. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, we haven't said anything, Johnny, <laughs> quite yet. Danny, when do you uh, make the transition from Australia to Utah permanently and, and get going? Um, so I'm hoping in June. Um, but 
every, every year the, the guys at Pro Kick Australia, they go on uh, a, a, sort of a trip of America. Um, they go to, like, Nathan Chapman and all the aspiring punters go to various colleges around the country. So last year they went to, like, Alabama. Uh, sorry, I'm having them to blank. They went to probably 10 different colleges uh, last year. Um, and they just sort of train for three or four weeks and get a feel for the system and um, that's that's sort of something that's highly beneficial to players. So I'm I'm thinking of going on that before I come, but I don't know, man. I just want to hope and leave. So. How much uh, how much have you practiced with a helmet on, with a rush, that type of stuff? I've done very little with a rush um, because sort of I don't know I don't know why we we haven't done a whole lot with a rush, but I've I've got pads, helmet. Um, I had a linebacker's helmet for a fair while, which made it kind of tough to punt, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sort of feel like a juggernaut or, or an astronaut running around trying to punt with that thing on. But <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I've, I've got a slightly smaller helmet now, so that's, um, that helps me a lot. But yeah, that's a sort of, I guess, where I'm at with that. What does your family think about all of this, Danny? Um, overall, they're proud. Um, they, my, my, my dad sees kind of a helmet-to-helmet contact that comes with American football and is kind of hesitant towards that for that reason. But um, overall, he's proud, and uh, I think Mum's also in the same boat. So, yeah, happy parents. Awesome. Overall, I think. Danny, it's great to talk to you, man. We appreciate you waking up so yeah. early. Go Thanks. back to bed. Yeah, <laughs> I will be. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> All right, man, we'll see you in Provo soon. All right, no worries, guys. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Danny Jones on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I already like him. Yes. I love a good personality. He's got a good personality. Yes. An Australian. Uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. But does Johnny Linehan like him? But does him? Johnny Linehan like him is the real question. <laughs> Coming up, why everyone in St. George, Utah should be ready to party with us tonight. We'll get to that, plus the whip, and more of your responses to our question of the day. Second best player in the WCC. Elijah Brown. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. All right. Thanks to today's guests, Danny Jones and Blaine Fowler. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Why'd the Australian punter pick BYU? Just download the podcast. On Convo, coming up this week, we'll be live from Las Vegas. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU basketball, Dave Rose, season finale tonight, 8 Eastern, with player guest and captain Luke Worthington. Join Gregor Bell and the coach for the West Coast Conference tournament preview following our rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation tonight at 8 Eastern. Women's basketball. The West Coast Conference announced the postseason awards. BYU Sarah Hampson throwing a block party tonight because she's the conference defensive player of the year. Brenda Chase and Cassie DeVagere, both part of the all-conference first team. Volleyball. Drops a spot to number five. The Cougars are... Wait, drops or jumps up? Moves up a spot to number five. The Cougars are undefeated in conference play. Six-game win streak. They host eighth-ranked Pepperdine and third-ranked UCLA at home this week. Gymnastics drops to 24th in the rankings after beating 13th ranked Boise State. Don't worry, it's all mathematical. The Cougars were ranked 18th last week. They're still ranked and relevant. And three BYU gymnasts named MRGC Specialists of the Week. Angel Zong on the vault, Shannon Hortman-Evans on the bars, and Kylie Greenleaf on the floor. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman designated for assignment by the Baltimore Orioles. My Baltimore Orioles last week to make room for pitcher Chris Tillman. He'll be back. Brugman cleared waivers and landed with AAA Norfolk. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com.
Rise Shout goes out to the St. George alumni chapter of the BYU and fans in St. George because we're, we're going to be there tonight. We're uh, talking at 7 at 450 South, 2200 East by the Dinosaur Museum. That's what the flyer said. Everyone knows where the Dinosaur Museum is. Oh, and is somebody in tweeted George. in. We'll be there. Said, oh, by the Dinosaur Museum? That's big time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited to hang out in St. George tonight. It'll be fun. And then we'll be in uh, Las Vegas Thursday. It's a week-long BYU Sports Nation vacation. I wouldn't call vacation what we're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. 16-hour days at the Orleans Arena. It's going to be awesome. I'm very excited. Just bring the red vines. Just bring the red vines and the soda. We're good. And the cheap popcorn on the third floor of the Orleans. (laughs) It's our second home, man. Our question of the day. Ben Bagley's lounge up there, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's hanging out with the LMU fans. (laughs) Question of the day. Who's your BYU Sports Nation WCC second best player of the year at Laser Sheep? With this tweet from the voice of the nation. Jonathan Williams and Silas Melson sure had it going against BYU. I think pick a Gonzaga player is the answer here. No superstar, but they were Gonzaga once again this season. It is an individual award, and that's why none of them will win it, right? Our elite tweet of the day from at Big Blue Eye. Haters going to hate. Cough, cough. Jerem, but I choose Elijah Bryant. That's who I chose. It comes down to consistency and performance. You mean Spencer? And Elijah has had the best consistent performance throughout the season. Plus, if you compare last year's numbers to this year's, there's no question. Okay. Our poll question results. That's okay. Answering the question, second best player of the year. 49% the winner, Elijah Bryant. 13% Yoli Childs. 33% 33% random Gonzaga Gun- player. <laughs> <laughs> and 5% for, Jesse the, Wade. for the WCC Australian of the Year, Emmett Nar. Nicely done. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Coming up next on BYU TV and BYU Radio, the weekly BYU devotional with Elder S. Gifford Nielsen as the speaker. Don't miss that. He would have won the 77 Heisman Trophy had he not broken Earl his Earl Campbell thinks otherwise. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to our favorite Kiwi, Johnny Linehan. We love you, man. Still. <laughs>